Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at GBS Global Wealth Management. It's seven o'clock in the morning London time on Thursday the 8th of February. China's economy moved into consumer price deflation, where inflation turns negative and is not just slowing, back in July of last year. Producer prices have been in deflation since October of 2022. The latest data showed more aggressive consumer price deflation, in fact the worst in over 14 years. However, there are important caveats from both a domestic and an international perspective. On the domestic side, the timing of the Lunar New Year, literally a movable feast, will have had an impact. The Lunar New Year tends to push up food prices, and in 2023 it was in January, and this year it is in February. That means that the price spike in January of 2023 is being compared to normal food pricing now, and that creates an additional year-on-year decline. Nonetheless, the movement of the Lunar New Year does not affect the trend of deflation, which is indicative of weaker domestic demand. From an international perspective, this remains almost entirely irrelevant. The deflation was all about food prices. Food prices in Shanghai do not affect food prices in Seattle or Stuttgart. As with most economies, China's consumer price inflation is predominantly a local affair. The basket of goods is constructed to reflect the spending patterns of China's consumers, which has limited similarity to the spending patterns of consumers in developed economies. And, of course, the price of goods in developed economies reflects domestic labour costs more than it reflects anything else. Even the prices of goods imported from China are mainly about the labour costs of the importing country. The main consideration for other economies is not China's deflation per se, but the extent to which China's policymakers implement stimulus measures to offset the deflation. Those stimulus measures may have external implications through things like demand for commodities. In the United States, the Congressional Budget Office has published projections for the budget deficit with suitably alarming headlines based on assumptions of higher interest rate costs. The thoughts of the Congressional Budget Office would normally be more of a political than a market issue. However, in the aftermath of the pandemic, there is a sense that debt is something people should be worrying about. There are a few points worth making. Debt itself is not a bad thing, and there's no magic level of debt that becomes a problem. Debt-to-GDP ratios were higher than they are today for most major economies for much of the 20th century. Debt ratios are also likely to be higher in the coming years as governments take a larger role in the economy, smoothing the structural adjustments of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. The Congressional Budget Office is also required to believe what politicians say they are going to do, which perhaps lends an air of unreality to any projections. And it's also worth noting that structural changes in many economies mean that tax revenues come in better than projected and GDP is often higher than initially reported because an archaic statistic like GDP misses some of the new economic activities that are now taking place. The US does have a problem with the way its political structures manage or 
mismanaged fiscal policy. But debt and deficits need to be seen in perspective. The European Central Bank is to publish its economic bulletin. Not really a market-moving event. ECB Chief Economist Lane is going to be speaking, and even that is unlikely to be market-moving. There is a perception that the ECB will be unfashionably late to the rate-easing party this year. As such, the focus is on the US Federal Reserve and perhaps the Bank of England as setting the timing and tone for the global rate reduction cycle. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.